there and welcome back to another episode of Redefining Balance by Your Life Rocks. I am so excited for you to be joining me today because today is part two of a two-part series that we've been doing about finding our balance in the Bible. And guys, I have to tell you, this message is one that I have delivered on stage before. It's one that I think I've probably talked on the podcast several times before that when we talk about redefining balance... It really is finding it in the Bible. That is where you're going to find the lasting balance that we are all looking for. Now, it's going to look very different depending on the season you're in and the age of your kids. And, you know, the details are going to be different. But when you really put your definition of balance on a biblical principle, it gives you a strong rock that's going to move through all of the different seasons of life that you are carried through. Now, if you're newer to the show, my name is Jenny Stemmerman, and I started Your Life Rocks probably six, seven years. I don't even know. It's been for so long ago that we started Your Life Rocks as a way for working Christian moms to find tips and inspiration for all the different areas of life that they are trying to balance. Now, if you missed the first episode of this two-part series, I hope you go back and have a listen. You can listen to this one first. It's not like you have to listen to that one first and then this one, but I do highly encourage you to listen to both because we are talking about all eight areas of life that we talk about here at Your Life Rocks on the course of the two episodes. Now, this whole idea that balance is biblical and the answer for balance can be found in the Bible, to me, that gives me so much of just a like breath of being able to think, okay, I can do this. I don't have to have all the answers. God has the answers and I can lean on him. And that is the beautiful thing about our relationship with him is that we can lean on him for things like our balance. And when we think about having a balanced life, it's not a destination that we're going to. It's not about everything always being perfect. Trust me, I feel pretty balanced right now, even though you might hear my voice as a little bit different than maybe it normally is. I just got done working a crazy work week, having some medical issues going on. And, you know, I still feel in balance, even though my house isn't perfectly clean around me. I feel like when I'm working in through the systems and I'm leaning on God and I'm staying in community with the people around me, balance just feels easier. And again, it's not perfect. It doesn't look perfect by any means. But balance is that verb when we're kind of I don't know. Think about it this way. Like in your parking lot with your kids at the park or something, and you're walking along the curb, you know, and if you haven't done this for a while with your kids, go do this today because it's super fun. Like it's make you have more fun in your day when you're finding things like this to do. But go to the curb and just like walk on it, right? Put one foot in front of the other. And there's going to be times that you are just cruising along. And then there's going to be times that you have to maybe raise your other leg up, Use your arms to find your balance. That act of trying to do the effort to bring yourself back to center and not fall, that's what balance is. It's not when you're cruising right along. That's just cruising right along. But it's when things are pulling you from one way or to another and you are actively balancing, actively moving yourself to keep yourself on the straight and narrow. That's where the true magic of balance comes from. That is life, my friends. That is when things are trying to pull us away from our family or things at work are trying to take away our focus. Like it's that active balance of being like, okay, I'm going to move through this and I'm going to keep going but I'm going to give it my best effort to make sure I'm I'm keeping myself where I need to be. Now, before we get into all of the details of creating balance for yourself and the areas that we're going to be covering today, let's first define what balance is for you. After all, you kind of have to know where you're going or where you want to be creating 
before you actually get to doing it, right? I mean, you wouldn't just pop on the freeway without knowing what direction you want to go in. Now, after my journey of being so far out of balance and knowing that God had to have something better for me, I began to create balance in my life off of my own definition. Now, I define balance by setting and moving towards goals in all eight areas of my life. And those eight areas are faith, marriage, parenting, health, home, career, finances, and friends and fun. Now, why is that my definition? Because when I was at my rock bottom, when I was so hungry for change, when I felt so far out of balance, my life was the opposite of that. I had one goal in one area of my life, and that's where all my energy went to, leaving nothing or at least very little for the other areas of my life. And for me, that was my career. Like I almost lost my family over it, my marriage, my health, like everything was not a priority at all. I was so encompassed in my career. And after years of doing the life balance system, after years of praying about it and moving through things and being in community, I recognize that that's my defense mechanism where I'll just surround myself with my career because that's my comfort zone. That's where I know that I feel like I have some sense of control. I have a sense of of being able to do things well. And if I don't feel like I'm being a good mom because I don't always know what to do or my house is a mess or whatever it is, I can take comfort in knowing that my career at least is on track. Now, that's not always great, right? Because then your house is going to fall apart. Your kids and your relationships are not going to be there. So we we need to be able to move outside of that comfort zone to focus on other areas of our life. Now, for me, it was my career. I know some other people, it's their health. That's the area that they go to and kind of ignore the other things that are hard, right? And they'll dive into working out excessively or really being on track with their eating, but they'll ignore maybe their finances or their marriage or other parts of their life that are a little bit harder at that moment. But when we're setting little goals, not huge goals, but little goals in other areas of our life, it makes us pay attention. And it gives us that same sense of control and that ability to be able to kind of do some traction in those other areas. Now, after I've been teaching this for years now, I've noticed something. If we don't set the right goals, we can create a lot more overwhelm. And if you're like me and you're an overachiever, you want to set some good goals, right? Like you want to see some good traction, some evidence in those other areas that you are able to move them forward. But when we create high, unrealistic expectations and we just can't meet them, this, my friends, can be just as damaging. And this is why we think that life balance is not possible because we just go so aggressive with it and then we get burnt out and we get tired and there's just not enough hours in the day. So if that's you, I definitely hear you. I definitely see you. And I hope that this episode kind of blesses you and allows you to let go a little bit, allows you to say, I'm still moving forward because I, I, I hear you. I don't want to move the bar down either. But if we're still moving forward and we're seeking God and where that bar needs to be, we have to trust in the fact that he's going to meet us there, that he is going to give us that energy to meet that expectation that he's going to give us the tools. And if not, he's going to teach us some really good lessons in the process. So if we just can trust on him and what he's doing in that, that will be everything. So as you're setting these goals for yourself, you need to make sure that your goals are in line with God's desires and not just yours. And the Bible gives us very clear direction on all of these areas that we're talking about. Now, last week we went into what goal setting looks like when you are in alignment with God's word for your faith, your marriage, your finances, and your health. And this week we're going to be looking at parenting, your home, friends, fun, and of course your career. 
Now, just like I said last week and I said at the beginning of this episode, our goals will be different. While the Bible paints a picture of what we should be working toward, we are all starting in different places and our goal should be a baby step towards that God-given picture, but that next baby step is going to be different based on where we're starting. And if you've never heard me talk about goals before, we talk about goals in 90-day segments. So you can have like that bigger vision, like a five-year vision, a one-year vision even. But when we're talking about those actionable goals that you're working towards very actively, 90 days is the ticket. All right, so let's dive right in and start with parenting. Now, I'll be honest, it was hard for me to set goals around parenting. If you find the same to be true, think about it this way. What is your intention? It might be hard to think about like measurable goals for our kids, but it's pretty easy to think about what kind of mom we want to be. What kind of kids do we want to raise? What values and principles are important for us in this particular area? And honestly, sometimes we can get so lost in what's happening today, right in this moment, that we forget about the end game. We forget that God entrusted them to us to guide them. They don't belong to us. They belong to God. So what does the Bible say about parenting? Well, if you Google it, you'll get a lot of discipline verses. You also get a lot of verses about being a good example, which is awesome. Now, if you teach your kids discipline, you have to ask yourself, are you a good example of that in your life? Now, this also reminds me of our Heavenly Father and the example that He provides to us, the relationship He has with us, that He's always there for us, that we can always seek Him. Have you made it easy for your kids to seek you? And when they do, are you there to answer? Do you give them the time? Now, one thing I think is really interesting, God kind of caught my attention on this one example the other day. My kids have are great. They're older, so you have to realize that they're, they're soon going to be 12 and 16. And so sometimes when I am working, my husband and I, we work together. We own businesses together. And so sometimes we are both gone from the house for hours working at the business and you know, it can get a little bit hard sometimes to have that family time. I'm sure you all can relate working away from the kids. And then when you are with the kids, you want to have as as much family time as possible. Well, it gets a little harder when your kids are older and they want to be with their friends or kind of do their own thing. Well, we had been working really hard. We have had some staffing issues. And so we've been having to work some extra hours. And my older son, we were chatting one night late at night. because that's the best time that we have to connect and to talk. And he was talking about how he felt lonely. And part of that was, you know, the pandemic and everything that's going on. But another part of that was that we weren't home as much as he's used to. And so he was feeling a little lonely. And so we agreed that the next time that we had a day off, we would all be spending time together and we would do some quality stuff, right? Well, that day came around where we could be with our kids and My husband and I made it a priority to make sure we were available for them, that we were doing things together. Guess what? My kids were like, well, can I get back to my friends? (laughs) They didn't really want us around. And I thought, okay, this is interesting. And then God kind of showed me something. And what he showed me was how often is it in my life that I have a desire to want to be close to God? I have a desire to want to hear his voice. I have a desire to want to hear from him, feel the spirit move and have that intimate connection. And yet he's always there. And then I get busy with my life and I don't always make the time to read my Bible or I don't always make the time to go for a prayer walk or do the things that will move me closer to him. He's there. But am I really moving in relationship with him, even though I'm craving it? And I thought, what a great illustration for here I am as the parent, 
happy that he's having friends and having fun with his friends. But here I am sitting there being like, okay, well, I will be here if you need me. I will be here if you want me. (laughs) I'll just be sitting here waiting, happy as a clam to just be sitting here waiting. And I thought, wow, God, it really does come all the way around, doesn't it? Now, when you start diving into the Bible on parenting verses, one thing to notice is that the Bible does not really say that much about making sure your kids are happy, making sure they are well-rounded from being involved in many different activities. So we kind of have to ask ourselves why we're killing ourselves with these types of expectations and what a quote-unquote good parent does or what a good parent looks like. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of discipline can come from playing sports or an instrument or things like that. But sometimes we can get our kids so overscheduled and we feel so pressured to deliver for them all of the time to make sure that they're happy, to make sure that they're getting the experiences that we think that they should have. And sometimes those experiences that we think that they should have, they come from comparison. They come from what other families are doing or what you're seeing happen on social media. But we have to remember, like, sometimes that works for someone else. Sometimes it's not going to work for us. And honestly, sometimes it's probably not working for the other person you're comparing yourself to either. Now, for me, when it comes to parenting, my number one goal is that my kids would know God. To me, that just outweighs everything else, right? It outweighs grades. It outweighs everything. If they are godly children, just like for me, balance is found in the Bible. Being a good person is found in the Bible. Being someone who's successful in life is found in the Bible. And so if I can get my kids passionate for God, if I can get them wanting to follow his word, then I know everything else can be fixed, right? Like no matter what else happens, it is fixable (laughs) if they know God and they are willing to follow him. Now, my husband grew up in a Christian house and I didn't. I found God as a young adult shortly after I got married. And you know what? When I found him, I was so hungry for him and I just wanted to devour everything I could get my hands on. I wanted to listen to sermons. I wanted to read books. I wanted to read the Bible. I wanted to pray. I wanted to feel God in my life. I wanted to know everything, right? Like I was like, I want to go to theology college. I want to know every single thing there is to know about this God and who he is and to have a relationship with him. Now, my husband, on the other hand, he was not the same ways because he grew up where God was always there. Like it was something he almost kind of took for granted in a way. And it caused him to rebel against religion because it was so like, crammed down his throat of we have to go to church and you have to look this certain way and you have to act this certain way. And it became about the religion and not about the relationship. And so as we're raising our kids in a Christian home, I'm very aware of that and making sure that they are getting that relationship piece as much as they are growing up in the church and they are in community and all of those things are really important to me. I want to make sure that we're not pushing them away or that they're we're clouding their view of who God is through that sense of the religious practices and things that maybe they don't want to do and making sure that that's not giving them a viewpoint of who God is and what their relationship with him should look like. So if we do as Proverbs 22, 6 says, and train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old, he will not depart from it. How do we balance that? Looking again to God as an example as a parent, he gave us free will. He wants us to have a relationship with him, but it's our choice. And it's also our kids' choice. We can't be the salvation for them. Only Jesus can do that. But we can lead them to that salvation. We can lead them to that relationship with him. And the very best thing that we can do is to set an example. 
So talk very openly with your kids about how you talk to God, about how much you love him and you feel love from him. I talk about the prompting of the spirit all the time. I talk about even sharing that illustration that I feel like God gave me the other day with my kids. I shared that with my kids about how I'm always here for them and I'm happy that they're happy. But if they need me, I am here. And how I just really feel like that's such a great illustration of me and how I hunger after God, but I don't always seek him as much as I should. Now, just like my marriage relationship is an example to my kids, my faith relationship is an example to my kids as well. And I hope it's the same for you. So how do you turn all of that into a goal? Well, again, there are different starting points and you have to look at the next baby step for you. It might be to instill more discipline in your household. Now, I don't think about discipline as punishment. (laughs) Sometimes those words can kind of go link and link, but think of it as having self-control, integrity, and work ethic and pour that into this area. And then you can start to think about what is the next thing that my kids really need to work on in self-control? What is the next thing that my kids need to work on in integrity? And make that your focus for the next 90 days. And pray about it. See what God would kind of move you to or show you areas with your kids that needs some attention. Now, for us, this particular area of parenting is so closely related to our home. And I think it is for so many other people. Because when we think about taking care of our home, why? Why do we take care of our home? Well, we want to create a place for our kids, for our husband, for our family, ourselves that we can be to relax, that we can recharge, that we can restore. That is the purpose of a home, right? God might call you to use your home as a place of hospitality, or it could be a place you know, where your friends or your neighbors come and be able to be in community with each other. But so many times people ask me for cleaning schedules or routines or kind of getting into the nitty gritty of taking care of your home. Now, I love home cleaning. I love home organization. To me, it is stress relief. I absolutely love it. But I'm also realizing that I am raising little humans. Like soon these humans will be adults and they need to know how to clean a toilet. They need to know how to read the labels of the things in the fridge to see when they're expired, to take the trash out, all of those things. They need to know these life skills because someday they will have their own house that they need to take care of. And I don't want them thinking, uh, I have no idea what to do right? That's not fair for their future spouse. So chores and the discipline of chores and how my kids are raised and my parenting goals are very closely related to our home. And this is where some of the craziness of balance can be taken not so crazy because a lot of things in life can overlap. They can touch edges with each other, just like parenting and taking care of your home do. And then it makes it so much easier because two birds, one stone, right? Now, when you're in search of direction for your home in the Bible, what do you find? You find scripture about people and not things, which I think is really important. Now, when I start to get consumed by chores and the things that I have to do, I usually think of two things. Number one is the story in the Bible of Mary and Martha, and then the Proverbs 31 woman. The Proverbs 31 woman describes someone who is not lazy right? Like she gets stuff done. She's got things on her to-do list. She's crossing them off. She's taking care of things. And she's being very disciplined and diligent about it. Then there's Luke 41. In this passage, Jesus is at the home of two sisters, Martha and Mary. And Martha is busy preparing a meal for all the guests and working hard while Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus listening. And Martha gets upset. Girls, I have been Martha so many times in my life. And she basically goes to Jesus to complain that her sister is not helping. And this is his response. 
But the Lord said to her, Martha, dear friend, you are so upset over all these details. There is really only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and I will not take it from her. So are we just to say forget about the housework? I don't think so. We're in charge of our households, but what matters are the people. So what do your people need? What things will help them be successful? What things will help them thrive? What things will help them feel loved? How can you honor your husband with the way you take care of your home? Another little overlap of home and marriage right there. And here's the thing that I think helps with grace so much is that while we are homemakers, I did a video on YouTube about this, of being a full-time working mom and a homemaker at the same time. So if you have not watched that video over on YouTube, I highly encourage that you go and check it out. But here's the thing, right, is that we are in charge of making our house a home. That does not mean we have to do all of the things that make a house a home. Think about it like a CEO. The CEO of a business drives the ship, right? Like they say, this is the direction we're going. These are what need things that need to be done. Then they entrust other people to do those things. So my kids doing their chores, I direct that because it teaches them a skill, teaches them discipline. They're learning, they're growing. It's also making sure that we always have clean bathrooms in this house, right? So I'm not the one cleaning the bathrooms. I'm the one assigning the chore. It still gets done. I hire out for different jobs around the house for things to be taken care of so that I can make sure that I'm doing the things that matter most, like going on my prayer walks instead of having to pull weeds out front. Now, that doesn't mean I can't pull weeds and pray because I can. I just don't want to. (laughs) So but you can kind of choose, right? You're the CEO of your house. You get to decide what needs to be done and you decide who gets to do those things. You don't have to do it all yourself. Now, for me, I also love to clean when I get stressed. So I do do a lot of the cleaning myself because for me, I can make it into a workout. I can make it into something that helps my mental health. It works for me in that way. And honestly, I can think it's kind of fun. I know that's weird to say, but it's true. But here's the real deal when it comes to our house. Do you really think that God cares how your house is decorated or how clean it is? Or do you think that he cares more about how it serves your family and how it might get in the way with your time with God or why you want your house to look a certain way? Because there are a lot of things that have to do with a heart issue. And sometimes pride or comparison or things like that with other people are what affect the way our houses are run or how the expectations that we set around the house of how we think our house should run. And really, if those are the things that are driving the way that we take care of our house, the goals that we're setting around our house, that's a heart issue that we need to bring before God. But if our goal is really aligned with how can I make my house serve the Lord, how can I make goals around my house that are bringing more discipline on aligning me with God's word, that's your next baby step. And if it is a comparison thing that you want your house to look a certain way or be a certain way so it compares with others, then maybe that's where your house goal needs to be, is that you are detaching yourself from that unhealthy expectation. Now, the last area of life that we need to talk about is friends and fun. I guess it's not the last. We're going to talk about career at the last. But friends and fun is really important, especially as we're talking about comparison and homes and all of that, right? Because this is one of those areas that's also closely tied to our house. Because a lot of us, we do use our house for hospitality, or at least we would want to if it was nice enough, or you might be much of an introvert (laughs) and you just want it to be for yourself and your family, and that's fine too. 
But this whole idea of friends and family, honestly, this has been a hard one for me as a working mom. As a working mom, it's hard to find friends unless you're just making coworker friends, right? Because there's only so many hours in the day. But we all have probably friends that maybe we just don't hang out with that much anymore. We haven't talked to in a while, but they're still considered friends, right? Like you could still call them or if they called you, you would be there for them. We still have those people in our life. And those are the people that we can be focusing in on. Now, true story, I used to hate going to work meetings or things like that. And they would have like an icebreaker question or when you start a new job and they're like, what do you like to do for fun? And I was like, uh, play with Legos with my kids, work. I actually like to work. I like to clean. Like it's pretty boring. You know, sometimes when you have those types of answers, it's not like, oh, I ski or I do these other things. And if you do those other things, awesome. Good for you. But for me, oftentimes, I don't really have those things to say. And so it just felt very like I must be doing something wrong. But when I really, truly think about that question, there are things I would want to do, but I just never did them. I never made time for it. I never made it a priority. And, you know, honestly, the same thing with friends. I rarely talked to them. I rarely saw them. And it's very difficult to fit that into the calendar. But what does the Bible say about this area? Guess what? You probably guessed it right. That Bible says a lot about friends. It says a lot about fun. In the Bible, there is a lot of commanding to celebrate, commanding to celebrate music and dancing and food and laughter and kids playing in the streets. How often do you let yourself celebrate? Often we are so hurt on ourselves that we would rather point out all of the things that we did wrong, the things that need improving on. Now, I love to celebrate my friends. I love to celebrate my family. I love to celebrate my employees, my coworkers, right? But we really need to be looking at the things that God is doing in our own lives and celebrate those and give glory to God for what he is doing, what he is bringing us through, what he is supplying for us. Because that, my friends, is worship. And we are called to worship a great God. And so the more that we can have that rejoicing of joy, that is fun. That is celebration. And that is what the Bible calls us to do. Now, when it comes to friends, don't wait for them to call you. You call them. And when they do invite you, don't say no, unless you really, really can't do it. But like, try to say yes more. Because when you're with your friends, you're going to be having fun. It's going to be restoring for you. And it is an act of celebration. It's a way of being in community. And these are all things that we're called to do. All right, last one. We're talking about career, (laughs) what the Bible says about career. Now, I've done a lot of episodes about career. There's a lot of things over on YouTube on career. And in fact, if you're looking for more advice on your career, when you go over to YouTube, you can find playlists of all of our past podcast episodes in the different life areas. So even if you're not a video watcher, you can push play on that playlist and just listen to all of those past podcast episodes on career or on faith or on parenting or marriage and some of the great experts that we've had on. So be sure that you go and check that out. Now, a lot of times it's easy to set goals in our career, whether you're a business owner, you work in a corporate job or whatever it looks like for you, it's easy to set goals for our career. And oftentimes they set the goals for us, right? Like your boss is gonna have goals for you to set that he's setting for you or she's setting for you and what you need to be doing this year or this quarter or this month in order to hit the greater business goals. 
And even if they're not given for you, you might be setting your own goals for what that next step in your career is or what you want growth to look like in that particular area. You might be setting goals and switching your career or struggling what your calling is or what you should be doing if you're not really loving the job that you have right now. And like I said before, everyone is going to be in a different place. But regardless of where you are and regardless of what your goals are for your career, let's look at what the Bible says about work. Well, like all the other areas, it says a lot, a whole lot. And the general consensus is to work hard. Do good things with your work. Look back at your work and see that it is good. Work is worship when you focus it towards God. And this is true no matter what you're doing. When you work and you're using your gifts and you're using your abilities that God has given you, that is what he has designed you for. So you want to give him glory in what you're doing with your heart in alignment with that. This is when work becomes worship. So how does all of this apply to setting goals in your career? It's a simple heart check. Are you working to glorify you or are you working to glorify him? It's that easy. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not bad to be praised for your work. That's great. And in fact, you should be doing such an amazing job that you're getting praise. But realizing that your creativity, your brain, your ability, your compassion, your determination, your leadership skills, they all came from God. He is ultimately responsible for your success. Now, some of you might not find yourself in a super ambitious spot. You might be pining for the next promotion or you might not be. You might be like, I'm totally cool doing what I'm doing, working part time, and that is okay. But are you still giving your all at work? Or are you just showing up, clocking in, doing the minimum? Now, Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. We should be giving our very best work in what we are doing. And that is what our career goals ultimately should be. Think about the differences you could make with your job. Sometimes we don't think of it as significant. It's just a job. It's just office work or it's just whatever. But it's significant. With what you're doing for work, you have the opportunity to bless those you work with, those that you work for and the customers and the businesses that you're supporting. It might not be directly, but you're contributing to it. You know, I've always loved studying amazing companies. And one company that I love is the Dave Ramsey organization. He's done such an amazing job on building a company that changes lives. Now, of course, you may think about his radio program or his books, but think about everyone that works for him. There are over 600 employees at Ramsey Solutions. And one of the stories that I loved is how the people that work in shipping pray over the books going out. Think of the families that are impacted because of the work that they are doing. The family can't have that same impact without the shipping guys getting the book out. They are making a huge difference. And it's all perspective. We can be excited about going to work or decide we hate Mondays. We can give it our all or we can turn into worship We can be lazy or we can just show up. We can strive for achievements that wrap up in our identities into what we're doing, or we can give glory to him in every mountain we climb, record we break, and award we win. The bottom line, the Bible says, work hard. With your career as all other areas of your life, your starting place is gonna be different. And that means where you go from here will be different. But ask yourself, what do I need to do next? Your next career goal might have to do with your attitude toward work, or it might be to not hold back with your brilliance. Again, as you're setting godly goals, they don't have to be all or nothing. Think about the next 90 days only. Look at the baby steps. Now, when you're talking like 90 days, you don't have to be like, well, I have to wait till the beginning of the month, or it's already the middle of a quarter, or no, just 90 days from today. 
What is 90 days from today? Where do you want to be 90 days from today? And know that reaching those goals that you're setting for yourself in any area of your life, it's going to take a clear plan and a consistent action. And that's why we have things like the life balance membership and the life balance method. They're two different things. I know they sound the same. Method is basically where I'm going to teach you the life balance system of 90-day planning, monthly, weekly, daily planning, and the actions to take. And it's a very guided over 12 weeks where every week we focus on a different area of life and moving mountains in that particular area. There's challenges for your marriage, challenges for your finances. Bible verses specific to all of those different areas. And it's very focused where every week we focus in on one area of life and apply the life balance system to that particular area. Inside the membership, it's a little bit more free flowing. You have courses that you can take on morning routines, the life balance system, Clear the Chaos, which is a very popular seven-day course that's an audio course that kind of walks you through bringing order back when there's chaos. It's a great course to take when you're returning from vacation or you're just feeling like things are gotten a little bit crazier out here and I need to settle things down. And we have resources on all eight areas of life. So all of that is available inside of the Life Balance membership. If you wanna check that out, we would love to have you join us. You can learn more about all of our programs at yourliferocks.com. Now, again, I hope you go back and listen to last week's episode if you have not done so already. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the show, I hope you do. It would mean the world to me. And it would be also awesome if you would leave a review for the show. It does help people find the show a little bit easier. And it just makes my heart happy when I read them. So that would mean the world to me as well. If you have any questions about anything that we talked about in the show, feel free to send me an email at Jenny at yourliferocks.com. I would love to hear from you. And until next week, keep building a life that rocks. Bye. Hey, just because the episode's over doesn't mean we have to stop hanging out. Head on over to Instagram and follow me there. You can find me at your.life.rocks. Or if you're more of a Facebook kind of girl, join our community of working Christian moms just like you. You can search Your Life Rocks over on Facebook and connect with us there. And if you're ready to truly create lasting balance and get results in your life, maybe it's time for you to join Life Balance Membership. Download the Your Life Rocks app in iTunes or in Google Play. You can upgrade to the membership right inside the app. And if you're looking for more resources to help you create more balance, head on over to yourliferocks.com.